It is great to be together. I'm Reverend Nicole Riley, lead and teaching pastor here, whether you're joining us in person or you are online with us. If you'd like to follow along, there are notes for the sermon on our church app. I feel like this year, the holiday season started earlier than ever before. Did you feel like that? Yeah. Like Christmas lights and trees were up, what, November 1st? Even before, yes. Are you glad when this time of the year arrives? Yeah, I am. I, I'm married to someone, though, who does not like Christmas music to be played in the house until after Thanksgiving, <laughs> which is kind of hard, because I'm listening to a lot of it, planning for worship and stuff, but... Um, So I play it when he's not around, and then when he gets home, I I turn on something else. Don't tell him. He's not here this weekend. He's off with a work thing. Uh, Today, we begin our season of extended Advent. And Advent is a time when we get into the Christmas spirit, and extended Advent is about doing it in a, a slower way. We started doing this a couple years ago. But it's not our idea. It was actually part of the early church. The season of Advent was originally as long as the season of Lent. And so Advent, this time, is a time of waiting. It's a time of expectation. It's It's a time of anticipation. And the meaning of the word Advent is coming or arrival. So it has this sense of of great anticipation with it. The history of Advent is basically that Advent wasn't celebrated right at the beginning of Christianity, but by the 4th or 5th century, it started to be a thing. But it started out as a time of preparation for those who would be baptized as new Christians right after Christmas, so actually on Epiphany. But by the 6th century, it was tied more to Jesus and to his coming But it was tied more to his coming at the end of time. And it wasn't until later that it began to be something around Christmas, something that we used uh, to get our hearts ready. Um, This is a little different than the world. You know, in the world, uh, getting ready is a lot about getting our houses ready, getting the gifts ready, and there's nothing wrong with that. But in the church, we say that the most important thing to get ready is our hearts. That we want that spiritual feeling during this time of the year. Not just the things that the world offers to us. Our theme this year is receiving Christmas. And the big idea is that God has a whole bunch to offer us this year hope, joy, peace, love, but do we receive it? Are we open to what God wants to give us? Now, I think most of us would say we try to be open. We try to be open to what God has for us. We try to be open to the season, but we also know there's a lot that fights against it. The busyness, the rushing, the stress. There's a lot that can go wrong 
And so over these weeks, what we will do together is we will look at our scriptures and we will hear in them the things that enable us to get our hearts ready for Jesus's birth. So does that sound good to you? Absolutely. So today, we are starting our first theme is something that's a little bit different. Each week, we're going to receive a gift of the season. And today's gift is the gift of not being in charge. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I like to be in charge. Right? If, like, I was totally in charge, the world would be so much better. Do you feel like that, too? Right? Do you feel like if you were in charge, things would really be working a lot better in the world? As I've gotten older, though, one of the things I've realized is that that just isn't true. And, in fact, we need someone who is much wiser and bigger than we are to be in control of our world. What I want you to hear today is that God's plans, they are certainly beyond us. They are bigger than our ways, but that we find hope for the future. Not when everything goes well, but when we trust in God. That's a good word for us today. I was uh, listening to a story on the radio, and it was talking about the supply chain. You may have heard the same story, and it was talking about how there's lots of ships just sitting in the port, just sitting and waiting to unload, and how lots of things may not make it to the store, may not make it under the tree. And I heard some parents being interviewed about this, and They were, of course, stressed, and they were wondering how this was going to go. And and one of them said, I think it's going to be an awful Christmas. Maybe. But what if instead we began to recognize that we have very little control in this life and how much God has for us in this time? We don't have control, but we have a God who has much to give us in this time. God has much to give us in this time. He has light and love to give us. He has promises that are fulfilled. God has so much to give us if, and this is always the big if, if we would but receive it. And that's the challenge of the season. Will we receive what God has for us? Are we willing to open our hearts? Okay, do this with me. Put your hands like this over your chest. Okay? And if you're at home, you can do it too. It feels closed off, right? It feels kind of like a, a brick wall in front of you. It feels like you're just not having it. I think a lot of us go through life like this, with our hands kind of folded over our chest, protecting ourselves from the world. What if instead we had this posture? So do this one feels open, feels like we're ready to receive. This is the prayer posture I want us to do during the season of Advent. 
we're kind of going to do this as a physical prayer for us. I want you to keep in mind that as we go through this season, there are those two options. There's the closed option, and there is the open option. So let's begin as we talk about how we might become more open to the gifts God has for us. Let's look at our text, and I'm going to start by telling you the story, and then I will read some of the story to you. So our text is a text that talks about John the Baptist and his birth. It's a text that's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, and it focuses on his mother, Elizabeth, and his father, Zechariah. They were old in that day, which in that day meant they were probably in their 40s. Elizabeth, she was Mary's mother. Mary, um, Elizabeth was Mary's cousin, um, and Mary, Mary the mother of Jesus. And Zechariah was a priest at the temple where he served God. One day, Zechariah was in the temple serving God, and he had this opportunity to serve at the altar of incense. And while he was doing this, an angel appeared. Let's hear now Luke 1, 11 through 20. When an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love this text. It's really one of my favorite ones around the holiday season. I love how Zachariah is just trying to control everything. He's trying to control the angel. He's trying to control his life and what God can do. I love how he debates the angel, right? He says, I'm too old, and she's too old. And then he says, how can I even be sure of this? Kind of like if you had an angel talk to you, why was, what would it be that you would then need like a money-back guarantee that the angel would tell you the right stuff? 
the angel's having none of Zachariah's behavior, and in fact, he gives him a nine-month timeout, which I wish angels would do more. I wish every time that I started feeling like I needed to control things in my world instead of trusting in God, that God put me in a nine-month time out. The problem for Zachariah, and the problem for many of us too, is we try to control it all, even though we know that is impossible. Instead, the story of Jack Zachariah wants to teach us, wants to say something to us that I think is life-changing for many of us, and that is that God's plans are beyond us and are controlling, and that we find hope for our future. And hope is the key thing here, not when everything goes according to our plans, but when we are willing to trust in God. Let's talk more about this hope piece, because this hope piece is so much a part of the season. It was our candle today, and this is the hope of the future that all of us are called into. It is the hope about learning to trust God in the midst of life. When we talk about hope, I know that it gets a little confusing because how the world understands hope is actually very different than how um, Jesus taught about hope and how the Bible speaks of hope. In the world, when we talk about hope, we talk about things like, you know, being someone who's just naturally positive. We have kind of an inborn hope, and we just always feel hopeful even when things are difficult. Or maybe we're aware of like a chosen hope where we just go, things are tough, but I'm going to choose to be hopeful. Or maybe it's a borrowed hope. I'm not hopeful in the time, but you are. And so I borrow your hope. And there's, there's nothing wrong with any of these kinds of hope. But this kind of hope comes to an end. The hope of the world comes to an end because We either grow up or we're too tired to choose hope or we don't know anybody whose hope we can draw from. This hope, this hope of the world, is what runs out. So what's the difference between the world's hope and the hope that Jesus offers? Well, here's the key. Everyday hope is hope in something, hope in another day hope in a new opportunity. Christian hope isn't hope in something. Christian hope is hope in someone. And that hope is in Jesus. As we lit our first Advent candle, we were affirming, not only are we not in charge, but that not being in charge is actually a gift. It is a gift because the one in whom we trust, our God, will bring us through and will light our way with his hope. The hope of Advent, the hope that Jesus brings, is different. It looks like this, a living hope. This is a hope that is 
forever and constant. It is rooted in our God instead of our emotions for the day. It is also an abundant hope. This is a hope that is overflowing for all of us. It fills us up and it guides us. And there is an encouraging hope. This is the kind of hope that doesn't leave us when we are discouraged, but it is a hope that moves us forward to a place of goodness. And then there is an anchoring hope. This is the kind of hope that gives us a foundation in the midst of life's storms. Then there is an empowering hope. This is the hope we find in Jesus that empowers us to live this life well. And last is the enduring hope. This is the hope that enables you and I to endure in the midst of life because God is with us. I hope you can see the difference between the world's hope and God's hope for us. It is in hope that we are rooted. His roots us, not our circumstances, but our God. Hope is rooted in God, and hope will find us in the midst of our lives. Every Advent, when we gather, we reaffirm this hope at some point. We acknowledge how important it is and how it is beyond our control and how, in fact, hope is such a great gift for us. Because the one who knows us knows much more than we do, and this hope enables us to trust as he holds us in his hands. So let's go back to the second part of our prayer posture, that open stance. So do this with me. We are called in this season to open our hearts, to open our lives to God. Today's gift reminds us that we are not in charge, but because God's plans are beyond us, we can hope for the future when we trust in our God. It is Advent, and each week you will receive a new gift from God. So we begin this journey today with open arms. Let us pray. 